Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our uh, study today we're doing on Chuck Missler and the Council for National Policy, the CNP. And um, this is part two. We're going to go ahead and just continue here. Hopefully I can get this uh, done here in the next hour and a half. While many involved in the CNP has de- have denied political activity in their respective organizations, the role of the CNP appears to be that of a policy and funding, funding conduit for the religious right projects, both political and religious. And again, this gets into the whole, you know, a lot of the stuff we talked about with Glenn Beck and and even Sarah Palin, and this and that, and all this religious right stuff. And and yes, I do believe we should pursue righteousness. And yes, a lot of times, what they are pursuing, um, it, like as far as not being pro-abortion and those types of things, are a good thing. But you want to be real careful who you're literally yoking yourself up with. Because Glenn Beck preaches another gospel, and we've gone into that in depth. And a lot of these other organizations are so infiltrated and so leavened. You want to be real careful about you know, how far you're affiliated with any of them. So, going further, um, the role of CMP appears to be that of a policy and funding conduit for the religious right. Others would suggest that a merely conservative group of individuals who get together to share ideas, network, and hear, quote, exciting speakers. That's what they say they may be. Many non-Christians and deceived Christians would view many involved as representing of born-again Christians. However, one of the intents of the CNP appears to be that of appearing to be a mouthpiece of the true believers, which it cannot be. Many are simply not Christians, and others would make a claim rather uh, to being conservative, holding traditional values, and family-oriented. In other words, there's a lot of people in the CNP that are openly and outwardly antichrists. I mean, they don't even say they're Christians. Now, I give you the links here for... um, uh, 1982 to 1983, 1984 to 1995, 1988, 1996, 1998. High-level occult Catholic organizations that there are. They're right up there with Opus Dei and the Jesuits, just about. Knights of Malta. And, again, they make a great malted milk, though. <laughs> Gotta give them that. Just, sorry, give me. Anyway, and then the Council on Foreign Relations. Okay, so, <laughs> here we've got the CMP founders, past and present officers are affiliated with such organizations as the Knights of Malta, the Council on Foreign Relations, one of the main... New World Order political arms that there exists. The Unification Church of Sung Young Moon, the Moonies, yeah, that devil, who has proclaimed himself to be uh, like Jesus Christ come again or something. I did a whole study on that guy. And then also the Church of Scientology, the Freemasons, the CIA, the Nazis, the Church Universal and Triumphant, the Ku Klux Klan, the Templeton Foundation, uh, and racists and other cults and organizations. So that's, the, you know, the CMP is a real melting pot, you know? you got to have, you know, got to have all those, those evil, wicked organizations in there yoked up with supposedly true born-again Christians. But then again, evidently, the true born-again Christians that are supposedly in there, like Chuck Missler, I guess they don't have a problem with that. They don't have a problem with being unequally yoked. Why? Because they're just part of the, the problem. They're there, and they're there on purpose. I, I just will not even give them the kind of leeway to say, well, they really don't know. Well, maybe some of them don't. But I believe Chuck firmly does, and I believe that most of them do. And I believe they're put there for a reason. And I don't believe they could have even got into this organization unless they were one of them. For the most part. It needs to be understood that some individuals belong to and are affiliated with the above by choice or by error. It clearly does not mean that all CMP members are or were involved in specific groups or beliefs or that there is knowledge of those backgrounds. But again, this is why you check things out. You know, you're going to get yoked up with an organization. You need to check it out, I think. Don't you think? No, I'm just going to go footloose and fancy free. That's not biblical. It means that the individuals have been members 
that have been members of the CNP, they have come from a very wide range of beliefs and activities which collide with those who claim to belong to Jesus Christ. That is the perspective with which this writer analyzes the research, but the documented research stands regardless of what the bias, what bias the reader has. That's why I try to present this information and I revamp this PDF because I don't care what kind of bias you've got. I don't see how you defeat what I'm putting presenting to you today. I don't see how you overcome it. How do you overcome facts? How do you overcome what he self-admits to? And just doing a little bit of digging. What? How do you overcome it? I'm sure there'll be people out there that, that you know, whatever, demonize me for doing this and, and this and that. Well, you know, I've said this before. My life's not a popularity contest. And um, I'm not going to make apologies for blatant, total, I mean, factual evidence that's easy to verify. The CMP members have made claims to desire to be an alternative to the Council on Foreign Relations, which is one of the most wicked, you know, like I said, factions of, of the global government. They've, they've made claims to be an, altern, an alternate to the Council on Foreign Relations, yet we find that there are members of the CFR within the members of the CNP. So there's members that are, there are members of the Council on Foreign Relations that are actually members of the Council on National Policy. Wow. Background. According to one source, the CNP was formed in 1981 by Texas millionaire Nelson Bunker, um, Nelson Bunker Hunt, Herbert Hunt, and T. Colin Davis. A second source reports, reported that it was formed by Richard Vigarier to rival that of the Council of Foreign Relations. The Council is composed of politically powerful, wealthy individuals. It intentionally maintains a very low profile. One of the conditions of the membership is not to reveal the names of other members or the substance of the group's meetings. The CNP bills itself as being the Council of Foreign Policy for the right. The right, like the right side of politics. The right. The meetings are closed, and the attendees rarely speak publicly about the proceedings. Why all the secrecy? You know? Huh. The agenda of a meeting at Broadmoor in Colorado Springs in 1982 was filled with CNP members talking to the already committed about their favorite topics. Phyllis Schlafly, who's, you know, Eagle Forum, right? Phyllis Schlafly on traditional values, that's what she spoke on in the 1982 Colorado Springs meeting. Major General John Singlob on special operations in El Salvador. General Albon Knight on national defense, and so on. The list of speakers include most of the major figures of the right, including Philip Trulock of the Heritage Foundation, Howard Phillips of the Conservative Caucus, Beer Baron Joseph Coors, like of Coors Beer, conservative columnist Patrick Buchanan, Frank Shakespeare, chairman of the Heritage Foundation, direct mail wizard Richard Vigari, Jerry Falwell of the Moral Majority, the president of Amway Corporation, Richard DeVos, who's, you know, Amway's supposedly Christian. Neil Blair, president of Free the Eagle. John Terry Dolan, chairman of the National Conservative Political Action Committee. Gene Kilpatrick, U.S. delegate to the United Nations. And from the Christian Broadcasting Network, evangelist Pat Robertson. All the devils, hey, the gang's all here. Yeah. They're all in it together. I could do separate studies on a lot of those people I just mentioned. From the unofficial Council for the National Policy website, which is no longer available, what members say about the CNP? What did Phyllis Schlafly say from Eagle Forum? She said, I was a charter member of the Council for National Policy. It was a great organization, and it has all the best people in it. Oh, really, Phyllis? Wow, that's... That's quite telling. You say they have all the best people, and a lot of them are nothing more than Luciferians in disguise. And a lot of them are flat-out total unbelievers. Huh. What did, what did the Reverend Tim LaHaye, CNP co-founder and first president, say? They call him CNP co-founder and first president. Reverend Tim LaHaye of the Left Behind series. He says, quote, isn't, It isn't often in life that reality is better than the dream. That's the way it is with the Council of, for National Policy. So why wouldn't that surprise me? I mean, this guy, you know, he's a devil. 
he says, it isn't often in life that reality is better than the dream. That's the way it is for the National Council for National Policy. Whew. What did Jim Dobson of Focus on the Family say? He said, there are few organizations left that say, yes, we believe, and we're out to implement that policy in every way we can. We need those people out there who are considering linking hands and arms with us in this battle. I hope they'll join us. That's what good old uh, Jim Dobson, or James Dobson. Uh, Ralph Reed of the Christian Coalition said, quote, I think the Youth Council for National Policy has been a critical part because what it has allowed us to do is to sit at the feet of our elders and learn from them. In 1981, Woody Jenkins, the, the CNP's first executive director, told Newsweek bluntly, quote, One day before the end of this century, the council, the CNP, will be so influential that no president, regardless of party or philosophy, will be able to ignore us and our concerns or shut us out of the highest levels of government. The end of quote. Uh, that there have been many political leaders involved as members, as invited speakers, cannot be disputed. From President George Bush to now Prime Minister Stephen Harper, who was not Prime Minister of Canada yet when he spoke at the June 1997 Montreal meeting of the CNP. Is the Reconstructionist Dominionist agenda permeating many beliefs of the CNP membership of establishing Christ's kingdom on earth, literally through our own force and supposed holiness. Is this a biblical valid goal for Christians? Well, I give you my three-part teaching on dominionism where we expose that, but let's see what the Word of God says. John, oh, okay, sorry, hold on, I'll be right back. Okay, John 18.36 says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now... Is my kingdom not from hence? End of quote. Hebrews 13, 13 through 14 says, Let us go therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach, for we, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. While it is true that many CNP members and others are saying that the end times are here, conversely, the last days are discussed in the scriptures in a way that would suggest that those in control of the government will be the enemies of Christ. Hmm, imagine that. Revelation, uh, you can look at Revelation 17, 12 through 14, and Revelation 13, 4 through 8. I mean, yet, we've got all these people like in the CNP and Chuck Missler himself, yoking up with the government, as though that's a good thing. Knowing that if we just look at our Bibles, the government is going to be, is going to be the main tool that the New World Order ultimately ends up using in order to bring about our enslavement and persecution. And ultimately, you know, martyrdom for, for many, many uh, Christians. And yet we've got this gigantic swath of supposed high-level Christians that are firmly yoking themselves up with it in every way, shape, and form. That's because they're part of it. Uh, scripture reminds of the mindset and spirituality of those last days, which, totally, which are totally ignored by many CNP members. Luke 17.26-30 through 30 says, And as it was in the days of Noe, so shall it be in the days of the, days of the Son of Man. Now, I quote that verse all the time. Noe is an abbreviation for Noah. Okay. So, as it was in the days of Noe, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given to marriage until the day that Noe entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Well, okay, hold on. If, the, if dominionism is true, and reconstructionism is true, and if people like Chuck Missler and all these devils that we mentioned, Pat Robertson and all these other people that are, that are members of the CNP and all these organizations like this, if what they're all saying, okay, is true, then Jesus is going to get better and better and better, and Jesus Christ is going to set up his throne on, or he's going to set up his kingdom on earth. Now, I'm not saying that's the philosophy of all those people I mentioned, but that's what dominionism and reconstructionism teach. Okay? But the Bible says that 
when the Son of Man is revealed, it's going to be in judgment. It's not going to be. He compared it, Jesus Christ compared it to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. The two most wicked times that the Bible ever knew. If this dominionism garbage were true, how could the world get so wicked and evil when Jesus Christ comes back? But Jesus Christ is the one that said it was going to be as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot. What was Lot's days? Sodom and Gomorrah. It rained down fire and brimstone on all the Sodomites. I mean, unbridled uh, homosexuality taking place in the streets, literally. Got that bad. That doesn't sound like the uh, world's going to get better and better and better and Jesus Christ is going to come back and set up his throne because we're so holy and righteous. It doesn't sound like that. Okay, what about the days of Noah? Well, it was so wicked in, in Noah's day because the fallen angels have come down and procreated with women and they bore them giants in those days. Nephilim, that the uh, Hebrew word for giants is Nephilim, the fallen ones, that it repented God that he had even made man. And he so corrupted the seed of man and, world, and the world that God had to destroy the world with the whole flood. The world was so wicked. Well, that's what we should be expecting to happen in this day. Wickedness. Not to say we just sit back and do nothing about it. We don't pray about it and fast about it and these types of things. You know, we're not supposed to, you know, just go along with evil. We need to resist evil. We need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Okay? And there's a whole bunch of Bible verses you could quote there. But they're saying one thing, the Dominionist Reconstructionists, and the Bible's saying a totally different thing. Well, who are you going to believe? 2 Timothy 3.5 this, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. We, we read this in the last part of it. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, coveters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness, which is what we are looking at here with a lot of these big-time televangelists or people in big-time ministry. They have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no truth within them. What if they act not according to this word? A tree is known by its fruit, right? You want to stay away from them. That's what you want to do. Now I'm going to read you this. I mean, this is another verse, or another chapter, that totally relates to this. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, what day are we in reference to here? The day of Christ, the day when we're going to be gathered together unto Jesus Christ. But that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, apostasy, which is what that word's derived from, the falling away, apostasia, apostasia, the falling away of the church, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So the falling away, which we're in full swing right now, obviously, but also, that day's not going to come, until the Antichrist is revealed, the man of sin, the son of, the uh, man of sin, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God. This is in reference to the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Okay. So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is in reference to the abomination of desolation. Okay, that the Bible talks about in Daniel. This is what they're in reference to here. Next verse. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will be will let until he be taken out of the way. This is in reference to this restraining force that is holding back this mystery of iniquity that's already working. But it's going to, it's going to work in full force when this restraining force of God takes Removes its hand, okay? Okay, so what's going to happen when that happens? Uh, and then that wicked, capital W in the King James, meaning the Antichrist, and then that wicked be revealed. 
the wicked, who, what, what wicked are we referring to? The man of sin, the son of perdition. That's when he's going to be revealed, when this restraining force or hand of God is actually removed, okay? Whom the Lord, what, what, is, what is going to be the end of this wicked one that's going to be revealed? The son of perdition, the man of sin. What is his end? Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When is he going to do that? When he comes back on a white horse with the sword of the spirit in his mouth and he has king of kings and lord of lords written on his thigh and he's going to come back with his saints. Okay? That is when the wicked is going to be destroyed with the brightness of, of, of um, the Lord, the spirit of his mouth, which really is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Okay? Uh, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan... With all power and signs and lying wonders. Okay, again, I've said this. This is going to be the primary way that people are deceived. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God's going to be the one sending the strong delusion. He's the one letting this happen. It's not his will that any would perish, but he's also the one letting this happen. The world's begging for it. And God will typically give them over to a reprobate mind if that's what they really want. And that is what the world is clamoring for. They're begging God, turn us over to a reprobate mind, essentially. It's, I mean, it's what it seems like to me. Not to say that I think I'm Mr. Perfect or whatever, but it just kind of seems that way. When you report on these things week after week, and it just seems like people are just craving um, to be turned over to wickedness. And then this goes on to say, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of our Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel, to obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle. And again, that's what you got to do. you got to stand on the word of God. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, himself, and God, even our Father, which have loved us, and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, and establish you in every good word and work. So that last part's very encouraging, okay? Um, that's written to born-again, Bible-believing Christians, okay? But that, there's a lot to be said for that whole thing. Now, if you want to read the full expose on the CNP, I just read you excerpts. I give you the link to go do that, um, you know, so if you want to explore that a little bit further. Because I've done, like I said, I've done studies, a study on them before as well. And we got a little bit more into specific people. But this one I really wanted to cue on... Um, Charles Missler. Okay, so, what are some other things Chuck has done? We're still not through all of his CV yet. I'm just... What are some other things he's done? He founded a computer networking organization, later acquired by Automatic Data Processing, to become its network services division. He was the consultant to the board of directors of Rockwell International, we've said that, for corporate acquisitions... Uh, pioneer in computer technologies, participated in the development of some of the most top-secret military systems, including the stealth bomber, anti-submarine warfare, worked with William E. Simon, former Secretary of Treasury, on strategically sensitive ultraviolet laser project, partnered with Boeing on a P-3 upgrade, and the C he was the CEO for advanced developments for the Department of Defense and other deeply classified customers. Also worked on global positioning satellite systems, which obviously he's part now in SwanSat, and was the director of Applied Devices Corporation uh, for the international oil industry and state lotteries. He personally funded the first microchip implementation. Some of this is redundant. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, he gave the false prophecy of Y2K. Let me just edit that real quick. Okay. He gave the false prophecy of Y2K. Uh, where two videos were released by Chuck Missler and John Ankenberg with, uh, with the advertising title, quote, The coming Y2K computer crisis will threaten anyone whose faith is not in God. End of quote. This false prophecy is very peculiar concerning his unbelievable resume regarding anything computer-oriented. 
Why would someone who is a genius in the computing field say such a stupid thing? Well, to make money, of course. Uh, and then we've also got just some other stuff here that we've already went over, it looks like. Okay, let's go further. Charles Missler. I'll give you a picture here. Uh, Chuck and Nancy Missler established Koinea House in 1973. Chuck Missler also has close ties with Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel, okay, where he preached, which was founded by the Jesus people. In the 1970s, while still in the corporate world, Chuck began leading weekly Bible studies at the 30,000-member Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa in California. He and Nancy established Koinea House and then in 1973. Chuck had a long time personal relationship with Hal Lindsey, who upon hearing of Chuck's professional misfortune, convinced him that he could easily succeed as an independent author and speaker. Over the years, Chuck has developed a loyal following uh, through Doug Wetmore, head of the Tate Ministry of Firefighters for Christ. Chuck learned that over 7 million copies of his Tate Bible studies were scattered throughout the world. Cornea House then became Chuck's full-time profession. Close friend Hal Lindsey, who broadcasts on TBN, uh, had a show on TBN for years, and then his show was removed by TBN in December of 2005 because of his criticism against Islam. As of February 2007, he was back on TBN hosting the show, The How Lindsay Report. I'm not sure if he's up there now or not. Pat Matriciana is the director of Chuck Missler's Koinea House, as documented on page 5 of the Koinea House, Inc., 2007 IRS Form 990-PF. Pat Matriciana is the president of Jeremiah Films. Chairman of the Citizens for Honest Government and an admitted agent for the CIA, which masterminded the Jesus Revolution, in which Matriciana played a major role. As a CIA operative, Matriciana also founded Campus Crusade for Christ with Bill Bright. Now again, those that last stuff I just said, I could do whole studies just on that. But it's just hard to cover every single thing. Uh, but just look, you know, look who he's yoked up with, look who's, who's yoked up with him. And I know I've recommended some of Matriciana's, a lot of those tapes are good tapes. I mean, they're, they're good as far as what they expose. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, it seems as though they're yoked up with a lot of uh, very, very uh, questionable um, either ministries or people. Not so long ago, Chuck Missler was at the God's News Behind the News International Prophecy Conference 2000 through, uh, that was the year 2000. It was Orlando, Florida, April 5th through 8th. Prophets there were Jack and Rexella Van Impe, their total sellouts for the Catholic Church. I mean, if Jack Van Impe couldn't lick the Pope's boots anymore, I don't know, you know, I've never seen anything like it. More Cirillo, Hal Lindsey, Grant Jeffries, Perry Stone, John Bevere, Rue Brubaker, Ray Brubaker, John Van Koverg, Zola Levitt, Chuck Missler, J.R. Church, Gary Kaw, and Bill Cloud. Um, and from this conference, okay, then this, another conference he was at, it's called the Quantum Leap 2 Conference. This was from July 19th through 21st, 2007. This was hosted by Great Gateway Christian Fellowship with speakers from the Apostate Elijah List. Um, who, who were some of these speakers? David Van Covering, who is of the Elijah list and a New Age occultist. As a visionary, his gift is the insight to see and by this observation to cause and then to define and communicate what he saw to others. And then, who else was the next speaker? Chuck Missler. Chuck was encouraged by his close friend Hal Lindsey to pursue his longtime love of teaching on the Bible on a full-time basis. Who was the next speaker? Joanne McFatter. She is also Elijah list and a New Age occultist. Steve Swanson. Worship and Arts Director of the Extreme Prophetic Run by Patricia King, both the Elijah List and both New Age Occultists. So that's who Chuck Missler, you know, has no problem yoking himself up with. Previous speakers at Quantum Leaf One conference included Kansas City Prophet Bob Jones, along with Mike and Carrie Browning. Um, Quantum Leap is a popular New Age idea of man's spiritual evolution from human to divine. Kind of sounds like the whole thing about the dawning of the age of Aquarius, where we're going to become as gods, this big new age lie. That's what the word quantum leap actually means. It's a new age concept of man's spiritual evolution from human to divine. 
unbelievable. Barbara Marks Hubbard wrote apologist um, Brooks Alexander, quote, has a similar event, what she calls a planetary Pentecost. She explains to us at this time that a quantum leap in the evolution of mankind will occur as revealed to her by the Christ. And I believe she's in reference to Maitreya here, who I've done many teachings on. Barbara Marks Hubbard, high-level occultist, said that this planetary Pentecost is going to cause a quantum leap in the evolution of mankind as revealed to her by the Christ, who I believe is Maitreya. At that moment of cosmic contact, she says, I will appear to you both through inner experience and through external communication on your mass media. Where have we heard that before? Maitreya. Maitreya said on the day of declaration, he is going to appear to everybody, um, both on the media, in the sky, and telepathically. So that absolutely lines up with what Barbara Marks Hubbard's talking about, where the Christ, at this quantum leap, this planetary Pentecost, this devil is going to appear to all of humanity through inner experience and through external communication on your mass media. Totally lines up with what Maitreya says about the Day of Declaration, and guess who's behind Maitreya and expecting him and promoting him more than him? I mean, the UN. He's got a UN-sponsored website. Hubbard says, at this time, when the divisions of all religions will be over, all the religious boundaries are going to come down through line signs and wonders. You talk about line signs and wonders. Can you imagine if they could pull that off? Everybody seeing him on the TV up in the sky and then also getting tele- telepathic communications beamed into their head through the Antichrist? Well, if anything could tear down all the divisions of religions, all these false religions around the world, that could probably do it. We would know, then she goes on to say, we would each know that God is within us. If all who feel we are connected to each other to nature and to God, join in a planetary Pentecost, we shall be transformed in this lifetime. End of quote. And I give you the full reference there for that. Quote. Jackie Alnar from Apostasy Alert tried to contact Chuck Missler and why he attended this conference, but he did not, but he did not receive a reply from him. And there's a link to that, documenting that. He didn't reply. Next part, Chuck Missler of Cornea House sponsored the Malta Expedition of 2004, his exclusive archaeological cruise event. And I'm reading to you from the material they put out, Chuck Missler. Tourists sailed to the islands of Patmos, Malta, and Crete with excursions to Ephesus and Athens where they visited the Acropolis, the Pantheon, and Mars Hill. Two days were spent on the island of Malta where the tour visited the Palace of the Grand Master of the Knights of Malta. Why do you want to go to this really satanically wicked uh, palace of this Catholic, high-level occultist Catholic order, the Knights of Malta? Why do you want... I mean, other than to pray and come against the wickedness? How the land has been defiled there? I, I see... No, they were just sightseeing. You know, cool place to go, I guess. I can understand going there to pray against it, but that's not what it sounds like to me. Then... At Valata, the tour will also visit the ancient um, Tarxian temple. Tarxian means huge stone, which describes those used for the numerous prehistoric temples of Malta. We'll talk about that more. The World Monuments Fund is trying to help protect these temples. And then it goes on to say, this is unbelievable, in the Lady of the Beasts, the goddess and her sacred animals, Buffy Johnson informs that Malta was renowned for its temples and monuments to Mother Goddess. Why would they be presenting this in a way where they're like excited and happy about all this pagan garbage? I can see going there to pray against it. But not to promote it. Okay, well let's look at the actual itinerary. Day 7. Tuesday, April 6th. Early arrival on Malta. First visit Valaita, which is a World Heritage Site. Well, that's a UN World Heritage Site. That's what the World Heritage Sites are. They're United Nations protected biosphere sites. Uh, What are they going to see there? They're going to see the Grand Master of the Knights of Malta Palace, the War Room. Supposedly Paul's Cave, Paul's Shipwreck Church, and the fishing villages, and an ancient Taraxian Temple. Now, I wanted to know what these Taraxian Temples were. So, I did a little studying. 
Excavation of the Traxian Temple site reveals it was used extensively for rituals which probably involved animal sacrifice. Again, I mean, why are you going to this pagan... You know, it doesn't sound like they're going there to pray. It sounds like they're going there to, you know, sightsee, to whatever. Especially interesting is that the Taraxian provides rare insight into how the megaliths were constructed. Stone rollers were left outside the South Temple. Additionally, evidence of cremation has been found at the center of the South Temple, which is an indicator that the site was reused as a Bronze Age crematory cremation cemetery. Within the temple complex, the famous Fat Lady statue as a representation of Mother Goddess or a f- fertility charm were also present. Sound, you know, sounds like a holy place, you know, to me, right? Nothing wrong with that. Valita, the capital of Malta, has 320 monuments, making it one of the most concentrated historic areas in the world and one of UNESCO's World Heritage Sites. At Valita, the tour will also visit an ancient Taraxian temple. Taraxian means huge stone. Um, so, let's go further here. Okay, so going further. This, um... In the Lady of the Beast, I know I've said this once, but we're going to give the quote now. In the Lady of the Beast, the goddess and her sacred animals, Buffy Johnson informs that Malta was renowned for its temples and monuments to the Mother Goddess. She says, quote, Even in the monument-strewn islands of the Mediterranean, the spiritual singularity of the goddess temples of Malta is conspicuous. Built with monumental boulders, these temples were designed in a unique aspidal arrangement assembling the cloverleaf form of the goddess herself. They contain altars, fonts, ovens for baking sacred bread, and many goddess figures. The remains of one are nearly six feet in height. A visit to the monuments there reveals convincing evidence of the goddess worship. Hey, sounds like a great place to me. You know? But this is what they were advertising. So anyway, um, uh, let's see here. Okay, so basically it ends by saying the Missler's excursion appears to have been a pretext for promoting ancient setters of occult activity as historic Christian sites. So, again, I mean, there's just so much red flags surrounding this guy's ministry. I mean, if this isn't red flags, I don't know what is. How could somebody just overlook this and wink at this? Say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, well... You gotta, you, you know, everybody has to make up their own mind. Uh, this is uh, another article, and it starts out by saying, I just got Chuck Missler's newsletter in the mail today, and I've seen enough. Issue after issue, interview after interview, um, Missler keeps on expounding progressive new paradigm thinking as espoused in Aquarian sources such as Marilyn Ferguson. Now, this is, I believe, the essence of the very reason that I ended up getting rid of all his materials, both video and audio and print that I had of Chuck Missler, because I was feeling the same way, and this was years ago. I can't imagine how bad he is now. Okay. The August issue of his personal update has Missler promoting the New Age physicist David Bohm in an article titled, Is Our Reality Only Virtual? According to Missler, Bohm is the hottest thing since sliced geometry. He says, quote, Missler, there also seems to be evidence to suggest that our world consists of projections from a level of reality so beyond our own that the real reality is literally beyond both space and time. The main architect of this astonishing idea includes one of the world's most eminent thinkers, David Bohm, a protege of Einstein's and one of the world's most respected quantum physicists. Why is Missler going to some unsaved, undone physicist to get his concept of reality and truth? All I need is my Bible. I don't need this other garbage. But this, again, is the direction that Missler's taking him, taking him, him uh, his followers, essentially. Going back to the article, it says the whole idea of an illusionary material world is very well known to New Agers, like Marilyn Ferguson, as the Eastern doctrine of the Maya. In the context of the mystical musings of neuroscientist Carl Primbaum, Ferguson introduces David Bohm to her readers as a Western pioneer of this foundational weapon in the New Age arsenal. Now again, this is what Missler is absolutely advocating and yoking himself up with. And Missler says, or I'm sorry, Ferguson, 
introducing David Bohm, New Ager Ferguson introducing David Bohm, this quantum physicist, she says, suddenly he blurted out, maybe the world is a hologram. If the nature of reality is itself holographic, the brain operates holographically, then the world is indeed, as the Eastern religions have said, Maya. It's a magic show. Its correctness is an illusion. Now, I've seen a lot of this garbage. I mean, you watch, and I'm not saying watch it, but I think that's what the Matrix is basically. We live in like this imaginary holographic universe. This is what David Icke teaches. Okay? I mean, you talk about New Age devil, David Icke. It's what he teaches, that we're in like this holographic universe. It's a lot, you see this a lot in New Age circles. Now, essentially, Missler's promoting the very guy that's promoting this theory. In quantum physics, and also a lot of other New Agers are right in lockstep with Missler doing this. I mean, if if that was the case, wouldn't that make would that make you would that strengthen your faith in the Word of God, or would it start to erode it? Well, hold on. If we're in like this holographic universe, uh, why doesn't the Bible mention that? And why, if that's the case, doesn't that change things in the Bible? I mean, if this isn't even real, doesn't that change the playing field a little bit? I mean, wouldn't that just do a lot to ultimately destroy your faith? How's it going to increase it? Um, His son mentioned that David Bohm, a protege of Einstein, who was also a devil, had been thinking along similar lines. A few days later, Primbaum read copies of Bohm's key papers urging a new order in physics. Primbaum was electrified. Bohm was describing a holographic universe. But what Missler is so excited about is not limited to Bohm on the nature of a matter, but indeed a whole litany of mystical doctrines and New Age psychobabble. Surprisingly, Missler doesn't stop there, but tactically substantiates the other long-forbidden occult phenomenon. He says, quote, The holographic model has also opened the door to a wide range of phenomenon so elusive that they have been characterized outside the province of scientific understanding, telepathy, precognition, mystical feelings, psychokinesis. These are all occult forbidden witchcraft things that he's describing, and he's not condemning them. He's basically saying that, you know, this holographic model has opened the door to a wide range of phenomena, including telepathy, precognition, mystical feelings. These are all things that are rooted in occultism. And he's acting like this holographic thing opens the door to them. What is it, validate them, Missler? You're sounding like it's validating them. Like they're, well, yeah, I'm not saying that there's not um, satanic occult truth to them, but it's a lie, it's a deception, it's just a trap. I mean, yes, there are benefits of, of, of um, going the way of evil. Sin is pleasurable for a season. But it just is unbelievable what, the, the, um, what it seems like he's condoning or getting excited about. Going further, it says, Note well here that Missler, the watchdog, is not exposing the leaven of New Age pseudoscience, but is rather promoting and enjoining it as if, as if the Bible would validate it. Well, if he started quoting Bible verses, the Bible verses that I would think of, like in the Old Testament, where it gets specifically into condemning uh, divination and all kinds of enchantments and witchcraft practices, what was the penalty back then? Death. You mess around with that stuff, you're, you're involved with that stuff, it's a death penalty. And yet, you know, going further, but does it stop there? The chaos theory, which is the trump card of the Aquarian movement, remember the age of Aquarius, where we're going to become as gods? Okay? The trump card of the Aquarian movement is the chaos theory. It poses the possibility of scientific validation to the entire paradigm shift. That word paradigm shift is also another new age buzzword, and it's also a the whole, we're going to, shift from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, we're going to become as gods, we're going to you know, transcend good and evil and also the garbage that the New Agers teach. Again, Missler goes right along with this, quote, progressive mindset, uh, saying, quote, the study of ostensibly random effects has emerged in the field of mathematics called the chaos theory. Now remember, the chaos theory is the trump card of the Aquarian movement. Here, again, Missler is talking about this in a very positive light, a concept that is occultic in nature. 
Chaos math is the evolutionist answer to the creationist arguments against Darwinism, theory of gradual variation and change. So see, the chaos theory is the evolutionist answer to, the, to creationism. Why, on God's green earth, would you want to promote the, the, um, the answer, the evolutionist answer to the creation argument? Why would you want to do that? Unless you're of your father the devil and of his works you will do. Creationists have argued for the impossibility of evolution on the basis of ordered statistics, which are predictable and verifiable. The chances of life evolving incrementally are so stupendously thin that the very notion becomes ridiculous beyond the wildest imagination. True. Chaos, then, this chaos theory comes along and makes statistics and probability irrelevant. Which is precisely why the mathematician played by Jeff Goldblum in the evolutionary celebration of called Jurassic Park was a continual advocate of the chaos theory and punctuation um, and punctuated this by saying life will always find a way. Unfortunately, Missler has already switched teams and is and is teasing us with the waters of the Aquarius. When he says, quote, even the ambiguous comfort of true randomness within the physical world has now been called into question by the new math of chaos theory. So he's giving credence to this, this new math, this evolutionist answer to creationism. This, d- does it sound like Missler's really trying to, to bolster and underpin and strengthen your faith in the word of God? I also know he doesn't, I'm almost 100% sure he does not take any kind of stance in the King James Bible. He's also a 501c3 corporate for-profit institution, okay, which we've done all kind of teachings on that. I, I didn't even mention that. Well, that by itself is, is huge red flags, okay? But does it sound to me, to you, like he's really trying to bolster and strengthen your faith? Excuse me. It's 3.11 in the morning for me. So I'm getting a little tired. Got a late start. I I was trying to get all this compiled and I just got really off to a late start. But anyway, who knew? Uh, Let's go further. Uh, Let's see here. New Age champion Marilyn Ferguson and her overt attempts to catalyze a great paradigm shift her interpretation of Bohm's conclusions, the quantum physics guy, are almost identical to Missler's. So it's pretty bad when you're coming in agreement and coming to the same conclusions as this New Age physicist, this overt, satanic, occultic Marilyn Ferguson and Missler. They're all kind of coming to the same conclusion here. Her argument implies that the Bible is fundamentally compatible with such occult arcana and that the Christian world need not shirk back from the waters of her conspiracy. Missler's positive educational approach effectively serves to nudge Christians right into that same current. See, a guy like Missler's really dangerous because a lot of people that are discerning Christians follow him and they think he's the real deal. He's very good at what he does. I mean, talk about highly educated. Don't fall for his new age promoting garbage. Don't follow a man. Missler's positive. I mean, I mean, the guy's a great speaker. Got a great voice. Great speaker. You know, he's he's very good at what he does. That's why he's so dangerous. But just look at the obvious here. Hopefully, it would be very easy to come to the conclusion that this report is coming to. I wish it weren't so. I wish I didn't have to do this report. But um, the Bible says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16 verse 17 and 18. This is what this guy's doing and I'm supposed to mark him. The Bible says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his work. Paul marked Alexander the coppersmith. Demas has forsaken me for this present world. He marked Demas. There's other ones that have been marked as well. We're not supposed to judge. We're supposed to mark them. 
He who is spiritual judgeth all things. What you don't want to do is judge hypocritically. When you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brothers, that's hypocritical judgment. That's when Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. But Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. And he who is spiritual judgeth all things. And the Bible also says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So we need to judge ourselves every day compared to the word of God. Humble ourselves before God. Pray for the fear of God. These are things that will keep you right with God and will also humble you. So, going further, um, Missler's positive educational approach effectively serves to nudge Christians right into the same current. Um, He says, quote, It's amazing that the Word of God presents a view of reality that is not at variance with these contemporary insights of quantum physics. And I was just—I just saw another article today how quantum physics totally tied in with the occult. It's—it's—it's it's, it's very much strongly related to the occult quantum physics. A lot of these new things that we see now are actually just part of, you know, the occult. Now, there's another article here called Nancy Missler and Psycho Heresy. I'm not even going to get into that. Okay, I'll give you the link. You can click on that. All kind of quotes from her own writings. We're talking wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean, again, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I just don't feel as though I have a choice. This needs to be brought to light. It's obvious. It's flagrant. I'm supposed to mark them. We're supposed to mark them. We're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them. Okay? If you can't, in order to reprove something, you have to make, make it manifest. You have to shed light on it. Okay? And if we just go around, and because the church hasn't done this, because the church hasn't pointed out the wolves in sheep's clothing and shine lights on them, they've come in, they've infiltrated Christianity, and it's a gigantic part, if not the main reason, the church is in the shape that it's in. Because we've failed to do that, totally, almost totally. Not saying there's no ministries that do this, but it's just the way the the, the way it is right now, unfortunately. So that's all that we have for today. Um, Go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that your truth would go forth. And I pray, God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form. As we forgive those who have sinned against us, that, Lord God, wherever your word or your truth is being preached or taught worldwide, that you would bless it, that it would go forth, that it would reach the people that it needs to reach, that there would be no demonic or evil uh, entities that would be able to hinder this in any way, shape, or form, Lord God, that your name would be glorified, that many would actually end up being saved as a result of your word, your truth going forth, Lord. We praise you, we thank you for all your goodness and your mercy, all that you've done for us, Lord. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, amen.